I'm Dean Olsher, and this is The Really Big Questions. It's a podcast that asks the really big questions. For example, today, why do people share? Why do they give away their money and their time and their expertise? For example, Wikipedia. Millions of people spending hours writing entries and checking facts about black holes and Bolivia and Justin Bieber, and that's just the bees. And they do it for nothing. Sometimes people are very happy to do something for free, like write a Wikipedia entry or volunteer to clean up a public park. But if you start offering money, then fewer people show up and do the work. Let's imagine you volunteer to clean up the park. This is Yokai Benkler. He's a professor at Harvard Law School and the co-director of the Berkman Center for Internet and Society. And he studies how people share and cooperate. He says if you volunteer to do something like clean up the park, you feel better about yourself. It's a way for you to tell yourself, I'm a good person. It's a way for you to tell your neighbors, I'm a good person. Now imagine that the city decides, oh, this is great. Now what we're going to do is we're going to pay everybody who shows up 50 bucks. Suddenly you scratch your head and you say, well, if I go, am I really doing it for the 50 bucks or am I really doing it because I'm a good person? Or your neighbors, basically, what will they think? Is it because I want the 50 bucks or is it because I'm a good person? What you're going to do is you're going to find some other activity that's unambiguous and unambiguously good to satisfy that sense for yourself. Yes, I'm that kind of person. Right. This is why I stopped trying to be a professional musician, because having money at the center of the transaction destroyed the experience of making music, and I find much greater satisfaction operating as an amateur at a high level. That's really interesting. There are ways in which adding money doesn't necessarily destroy the pleasure and the quality of the interaction, but it requires a lot of care. I think one of the things we're seeing today with free and open source software like Firefox, like Apache, like Linux, is that we're seeing a mixture where some people do it for love and some people also get paid, but the relationship has to be managed very carefully. We have a complicated relationship with money. To some extent, we need it. To some extent, we need to be outside of it. Now, you say that one of the things that motivates people is the recognition for having done something good. But in the case of open source software, it's mostly anonymous, right? Why would people contribute if they're not getting recognition? First of all, contributions to free and open source software are not generally anonymous. People know who contributed what. Now, people might not necessarily use their actual name in some areas, for example, in Wikipedia, contributions for sure, they'll use a handle. But within the context of the society, that creates a certain stable recognition of who does what. I have a couple of research collaborations that we're looking very specifically at Wikipedia. And one of the things that's coming out very clearly is that different high-contributing Wikipedians respond to different kinds of social motivations. Some really seem to care and be responsive more to uh, social recognitions. Others seem as though they couldn't care less. But some are concerned about reciprocity. They want to make sure that others do contribute exactly the same or very similar and will increase when they see others contribute. Others are going to be willing to give for no reason at all simply because it's the right thing. You describe Wikipedia as a cooperative system, but I don't see it that way at all. It seems to me it's a way for people to bludgeon one another with their controlling behaviors. <laughs> I think that's probably an incorrect description of what goes on. The overwhelming majority of disagreements get settled in some form of amicable conversation on the spot 
some set of more or less uh, civil exchanges. Let's remember one thing. If anyone, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, when Jimmy Wales put 900 stubs out on the net with no one paid to edit or write, would have predicted that within five years, this would become a major encyclopedia and within 10, it would become our core knowledge utility, would have been laughed out of the room. Wikipedia is essentially an impossibility that happens to be an enormously important part of 21st century life now. So the first thing that we need to recognize is that whatever the limitations and complaints we have, it is something that the economic models that were dominant from the late 50s until the last decade simply predict wouldn't exist and it flies. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I think Wikipedia teaches us that People can manage their affairs without necessarily the force of law, without the authority of contract, without the forcing power of property, but rather by getting together and negotiating their relationships. How's it going? Not bad. How you doing? Good knowledge. This is exactly the sort of thing that Yokai Binkler is talking about. People getting together and negotiating relationships. Sam Harnett works at public radio station KQED in San Francisco. During the day, I work as a reporter, and then at night, I go out and drive. Sam moonlights, giving people rides, and he brings along his audio gear so that he can interview his passengers. And then he turns their stories into a podcast called Driving with Strangers. I'm signed up with a, with a rideshare company, and you use your own car. People just request rides from you. I get a notice to pick somebody up through the uh, smartphone. They get in the car and uh, explain to them the show, hand them a couple index cards with questions, and then they pick the questions they want to answer, and I record them. Wait, so what, what's that device? This is a, this is a mic. Wait, what, so what do I do? First question is, have you ever seen something that you shouldn't have seen? The questions, they vary. You know, some of them are, like, pretty innocuous, like, have you ever had an odd job? The three of us do work for a local dungeon as uh, dominatrixes. I was working at the bong factory. Bomb factory? Not a bomb, but like a smoking pot. Oh, bomb, bomb. Bomb. Other ones are a little deeper, like, have you ever uncovered a secret or had a near-death experience? Uh, I was attacked by somebody close to me very, very unexpectedly. Wow. And left for dead. I didn't remember anything until coming to you in the ambulance. The entire time the guy had the gun pressed against the back of my head as they were, like, duct-taping my hands and feet. Sam says that many people tell these stories to him because... Basically, he's just a guy giving them a lift. But scholars say people's relationships change if they exchange money. They say paying someone increases social distance. But when no money changes hands, there's less social distance. And that's what Sam thinks, too. I feel like in a regular cab, the interaction is so much more of a business transaction. You know, people get in the back seat. There's cash that's, that's uh, exchanged directly. In the rideshare model, people get into the front seat. The money is all handled through the smartphones. There's no handing over of cash. And then the rideshare companies have really made it a point to sort of make it a friendly interaction. I mean, the driver and the passenger are almost expected to, like, strike up a conversation. Because I was thinking at first, like, wow, if if I got into a cab and they kind of put me on the spot and asked me to tell a story, like, I don't know if I would do it. So I was wondering, are people going to, like, get in and be like, uh, you know, can you let me off at the next corner, you know? But, yeah, it ended up being the opposite. You know, people would get in and almost, I feel like it was almost a relief like get these questions as sort of an icebreaker as opposed to having to try to start up a conversation. Sam Harnett's new podcast is called Driving with Strangers. 
Our podcast is The Really Big Questions. Next, we'll be asking, what's a good death? You can ask your really big questions to us on Facebook, and you can find out more about sharing on our website, trbq.org. Our podcast is produced by Catherine Winter and Chris Julin. The Really Big Questions is a project of Sound Vision Productions with funding from the National Science Foundation. I'm Dean Olsher. Thank you.